Hey guys, Neil here. My name is Dave, and this is Maple Syrup Shots Podcast. We listen to Third Line Plug Sense Cast with Taylor and Tim. Even though neither of us like the Sens. No, um, no we don't. Detest is probably a better word. I'm a for not Leafs like. fan, so holy shit, do I ever not like the Sens. Yeah, so if you guys could do like a Sens cast, but have like good teams like uh, Edmonton. Toronto. That'd be good. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Call it a Sens cast. You know, you can wolf in sheep's clothing and whatnot. Yeah, that'd be awesome, guys. Thanks. Yep. A little feedback. All right, good to go. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Third Line Plug Sensecast. I am your host, Taylor Gibson. Joining me, as always, from the tropical metropolis of Calgary, Alberta, my co-host, Tim Jensey. Tim, there's been a bit of a buzz on social media this past week. Now, I gotta ask the question. Are you involved in an ownership situation in Ottawa, Tim? Well, you see, I was there last week, and uh, I did reach out to the Menlik camp offering uh, two crayons and a chocolate bar. However, uh, they came back asking for a third chocolate bar, and I just couldn't do that. Maybe you should upgrade the chocolate milk, too. Oh, shit, you're right. Yeah, so let's get right into it, because I don't think you and I have talked, really, since you've gotten back from your business trip to Ottawa, have we? No, not really. Just kind of hockey stuff. Yeah, so how was your business trip, Tim? Oh, it was actually pretty good. I actually got to go to a few of my favorite places in Ottawa while I was there, so that was really nice too. And the restaurant scene is a lot better than I remember it was even last year or two years ago, so that's definitely a nice plus too. Okay. Would any of these places you would recommend to me going to Ottawa later this week? Yeah, for sure. Uh, there was a relatively new taco place in the market called El Camino that was quite good. Is that uh, Bayward? Byward, yeah. Byward, okay. So that's that's a north correct well nor it's right north, it's uh, just a bit east of uh, parliament buildings okay yeah the byward market is where most of the cool stuff is downtown right and it's like a 10 minute walk from your hotel oh right on yeah there was quite a lot going uh as far as the actual business stuff well you know it's business training if you're just kind of there to help answer questions, it's not going to be too interesting because you already know everything that's being discussed. Right. Yeah, other than that, it was pretty fun. Whereabouts in Ottawa were you staying? <laughs> for some reason, uh, they picked a hotel for all of us in, on Coventry Road. So uh, it's like the south end of Vanier. Okay. I'm, I'm not too Vanier's familiar with the uh, nice Ottawa. <laughs> Well, Tim, it's nice to know, and it's nice to hear that your business trip went well. My week has been, no, it's been busy, but it's not been super busy. That's good. Yeah, I mean, there was a couple of functions we had to do, and actually, there was the kids' snowball party last night, which I didn't have to work. Snowball party? Yeah, it, not, not a dirty kind of snowball party, let's not, no, it's sort of like a Christmas party. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's a pretty big event. Uh, the whole school's there. Barely last year, they hired a magician. Whoa, that's kind of cool. Which, 
Now, understandably, Tim, if we were 16, 17 years old, I don't think a magician would really interest us that much. Depends, because I remember when they used to do the dry grads for couch and they'd get a hypnotist, and the hypnotist used to get kids doing some funny stuff. Honestly, I didn't go to my dry grad, because I was 19 by the time that I graduated, so I'm like, I don't need dry grad, I'm going to go get drunk like an adult. (laughs) Fair enough. Well, I guess there was the wet grad at prom, but again, why would you want to get drunk with a bunch of 18-year-olds? That's a good point, Tim. Mm Mm-hmm. So, Tim, on your business trip, did you get a chance to listen to last week's episode? Yeah. And? It reminded me that it was sad times. <laughs> but overall, it, it turned out pretty good, though. Yeah, like, it's... Like, given that what we're talking about was the Sens going on a losing... Continuing their losing ways, with the exception of that awesome game in... Uh, New York. New York. Yeah, like, and I think uh, t- deciding to talk about the Winnipeg Jets game then was a good was a good decision. Yeah, and it really helps for this episode because we don't got to talk about it. Yeah, no kidding. We do got to talk about the other three games tonight, but Ugh. before we do that, Tim, we got to segue into this little segment I like to call Top of the Hour. So we've actually got a few housekeeping things to take care of first before we head into the stories. Uh, first of all, congratulations to Vancouver Canuck Daniel Sedin scored his 1,000 point in his career, which honestly, I didn't even realize he still hadn't done that. I think it just kind of goes to show how low scoring of an era of the last decade of the NHL has been. Yeah, but the fact that his brother Henrik has 1,000 points, I thought for sure he would have also had 1,000. Fair enough. I'm always kind of impressed that, like, the goal totals for even the most prolific scorers haven't been that high when you mm-hmm. kind of consider everything. Yeah. And the next thing we got to talk about, the Vegas Golden Knights. Oh, hold on a second, Tim. Oh, where have I heard that from? I... Oh, God damn it. There. Okay, the Vegas Golden Knights. They have re-signed defenseman Braden McNabb to a four-year, $10 million extension with an AAV 2.5. At the time of the signing, he had two points in 20 games with a plus two rating. Yeah. Not not bad money. I'm okay with it. Yeah, it's not the worst. Like, I mean, I guess you could give him $4 million and call him Chris Russell. And then talk about him being a cowboy whenever he screws up. You could, but, I mean, when's the last time you saw a cowboy in Vegas? Hmm. Now, now keep in bar? mind... Now, keep in mind, Tim, the Oakland Raiders haven't moved to Vegas yet, and the Dallas Cowboys haven't played them, so you can't say the Cowboy other than what you're saying about the gay bars. Yeah. So, let's get into the stories of the week, and we're going to start just down the road here in Seattle. Uh, Seattle City Council voted 7-1 to in favor of the proposed renovation project for Key Arena, which has been led by the Oakview Group. In light of this news, TSN's Bob McKenzie is already reporting that he expects to hear a lot of chatter regarding NHL expansion into Seattle in the coming months. Did you have a look at how much this is going to cost Seattle to get a team? Uh, no, but I have seen, uh, there has been some talk about what expansion will look like for Seattle. Allegedly, uh, expan- expansion wouldn't happen until 2020 or 2021 in the earliest. 
the entry fee would be six hundred and fifty million dollars. Actually, I think it's been bumped to seven hundred. Now, see, I have a very simple solution to this problem. Calgary, mm -hmm. maybe move the Flames to Seattle. You don't need to change divisions or conferences. But then again, the NHL wants to get to 32 teams with a team balance in East and West. So expanding into Seattle would be one of the best ways to do that. And you would have a built-in fan base and a, a built-in rivalry with the Vancouver Canucks. Mm-hmm. Like, I think... Seattle is a very safe expansion spot. As much as my uh, reservations about how uh, the city handled the the departure of the Sonics. True, but you also got to look at the fact that the t city almost saw the Mariners and Seahawks both depart the city as well. Mm-hmm. Which is weird because Seattle is of comparable size to Vancouver, right? Or larger, if I remember correctly. I, I think it's larger than Vancouver. Yeah, it's... Although it's interesting, because the NHL has also made faint grumblings that would like to open a Like, they're considering Houston as well. Yeah, Houston's a city that... Honestly, I don't know why they would want to put another team in the South, given that teams like Carolina and Florida, and to a certain extent, maybe not in the, so much in the last several years... Nashville have been pretty much failures in the South. Well, the flip side is look how successful Dallas has been. True. And we can also look at Nashville too, right? Mm -hmm. But a prime example was Atlanta. Yeah. And at least, well, both times they tried to be in Atlanta, they had boarded both times. And it's interesting because like Atlanta is one of the fastest growing metros in the U.S., but uh, I don't think anyone has any appetite to try that again. No. But that no. Atlanta team was just garbage for 10 years straight. It was. So I don't blame fans not latching on to the team. Yeah, but that doesn't explain the Atlanta Flames, because the Flames were actually a playoff team when they were there. Yeah. Or the Quebec Nordiques, for that matter. True enough. Let's go into our next story. Now, this is a really sad story, because... It is kind of hard to believe that this kind of stuff still happens in organized hockey. Now, this story is very reminiscent of what happened to Sheldon Kennedy and Theo Fleury with Graham James, what the ushers at Maple Leaf Gardens did. Uh, midget AAA coach Gabrielle Paquet was arrested after three alleged victims came forward describing crimes committed by Pac Pacquian that is believed to be sexual by nature. Ugh. But, uh, yeah, I guess the fact of the matter is that uh, I've got a feeling that no matter how hard you screen, you'll never get all those guys screened out because one of the traits of an abuser is that they're charismatic and often very convincing to people who aren't the – well, even sometimes the people they're abusing. So it sucks. All we have to do is just learn to be aware – like be aware and – like, just make sure everyone has the tools to avoid these situations and deal with them hard, Deal with them when they come up. For sure. So let's go to our next story. The Calgary Flames, their forward, Matthew Kuchuk, was suspended one game after he speared Matt Martin of the Maple Leafs while sitting on the bench. I really don't like it when players, like, go after people who aren't even involved in the play, with the exception of bench balls. Bench balls are great, but... Yeah. Hit a spear guy who's not on the ice. 
get kicked out of the game. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to watch it. Did Matt Martin go after Dechuk? Uh, I didn't get a chance to see it either, although I did hear about uh, one Nazim Kadri uh, talking about it after the game. Uh, he had suggested that uh, Keith Kachuk was losing his way. You mean Matthew Kachuk? Sorry, Matthew Kachuk, yeah. And that it was on a bad path to follow. Okay. Like, A, it's rich coming from Kadri, but you have to wonder. Fair enough. So the next story is kind of a fluff piece of news. Uh, Austin Matthews signed a five-year deal, upwards of seven figures with Scotiabank to be their spokesperson, yada, yada, yada. Next story. Sidney Crosby. He took another headshot this past week after receiving a hit from New York Islander forward Jordan Eberle. Huh. Yeah, how many has Sid had now? Like, he lost most of that 2011 season just due to concussions, if I remember correctly. Yeah, let's see. Um, including this, four. Four off the top of my head. Wow, he's getting up there with Car- getting into the Clark MacArthur numbers there. Yeah. It's a shame he's a good player, but, you know, you hate to see guys like this get hurt. Because it yeah, really no does kidding. hurt hurt the game. You thought the eight. Like, I haven't actually seen the hit, see if it was accidental or what, but... Uh, Crosby wasn't even looking at the play. Oh. Uh. Yeah. Brutal. Yeah. Detroit Red Wings, they trade their forward, Scott Wilson, to the Buffalo Sabres for a 2019 fifth-round pick. Wilson was traded earlier this season from the Penguins for Riley Sheenan. Wilson went pointless in 18 games with the Red Wings. Huh. This is kind of a nothing deal, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah, it's kind of funny that they ended up trading. All they got for Riley Sheehan was uh, a bag full of marbles. And some dryer lint. Yeah. Although I can't can't imagine Pittsburgh's too happy with Riley Sheehan, Sheehan either. Like, neither of them were doing much. So, meh. Not to be outdone, though. The Vancouver Canucks, they trade defense prospect... Jordan Subban to the Los Angeles Kings for forward Nick Dowd. Subban had five assists in 16 games for the Utica Comets of the American Hockey League. Dowd had one assist in 16 games with the LA Kings. The trade came after the Canucks learned that Bo Horvat will be out six weeks with an ankle injury. I've heard I've heard a lot of people saying that Subban was not in the, the Canucks' long-term plans, was therefore expendable. It's pretty clear that L.A. doesn't value Nick Dowd all that much anymore, and honestly, can't blame him. It'll be definitely hard for Vancouver to fill in the void that Bo, that Bo Horvat's going to leave, though. Yeah, and if this is only for the short term, then Nick Dowd should do okay, I guess. Well, he'll just shore up the depth a bit. Yeah. Now, this next story actually came after you sent me a me- this message. The Vegas Golden Knights got themselves into some hot water this past week after they tweeted about hockey writers who cheered during their game for the Nashville Predators Vegas Golden Knights game when the Predators scored. The Knights later deleted the deleted the tweet and apologized to the PHWA for their comment. This whole thing is so fucking dumb. Like pretty much like all of these hockey writers like they want to be taken like they're serious journalists but they're also openly homers but i mean you can say the same with the bloggers too right except the bloggers know that they're homers because they only do their one team Mm Hmm. and it's just kind of sad that like the vegas team just made a made a silly joke 
about them and they couldn't take it. Yeah. Like, that's pathetic. Yeah, talk and, about butthurt, eh? Yeah, no kidding. And then uh, they just, they got so mad that they forced Vegas to delete the tweet. Like, really? Yeah, it was pretty bad. Like, most people, like, here's the thing. Most people would have ignored the tweet had the hockey writers just sucked it up. Now more people are seeing the tweet because they made a big to-do about getting made fun of. Oh, no. Do you think that maybe they only did this because it is the Vegas Golden Knights Twitter account who has been very socially active? Maybe. Or maybe it's... (laughs) Yeah, and uh, the Golden Knights are more fun than they'll ever be. That's true. I mean, the LA Kings do pretty good on Twitter. Oh, for sure. And uh, the Dallas... And the Dallas Stars scoreboard guys are great. Yeah, I just remember when Justin Bieber got arrested and they had the Leafs fan underneath them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's pretty savage of them. I yeah. But yeah, that... <sighs> the sooner that the ho- the old guard of hockey writers disappears, the better. Let's talk about some, some Sens news, Tim. Woo! And we're going to start off with talks regarding Eugene Melnick's departure as owner of the Ottawa Senators have been heating up. TSN's Bob McKenzie reported that if Melnick decides or is forced to sell the team, the new owners would see the team would remain in the city of Ottawa and would be closer to building a new rent in the Le Breton Flats. Now, let's talk about Eugene Melnick for a second because for all the criticism he gets... Without Eugene Melnick, this team would never would not be in Ottawa today. Oh, for sure. I think the thing about Melnick is there was a lot of goodwill for him, but it's slowly been eroded with the fact that he ha- he can't hold on to the team any longer. But he's also not willing to let go. Well, he's only he's been the only stable owner we've ever had because oh, prior sure. to that it, it was Rod Brendan. But you have to admit that. His penny pinching has left the Ottawa Senators in some interesting in an interesting position, and I think the trade that was emblematic of that is that they swapped for Dion Phaneuf just so they could get the cap hit down for the next two years, rest of the term be down. So like these money decisions are influencing the way the Senators play. Oh, for sure. And I was gonna say, I mean, Melnick's relationship with the fans has been very mixed over the years. While the fans do praise him for saving the Senators, they've also been very negatively vocal regarding his inability to spend money and forcing the team to work under the internal salary cap, which was which resulted in Daniel Lovertson leaving. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, there's rumors coming out that the relationship between Alfredson and Belnick got so bad that it pushed out Alfredson the second time. Yeah, which is really, really sad to see. Mm-hmm. Although, at the same time, this piece of news is very dense. Like, we got two very important new pieces of information. Okay, what is the, that? The first is, if Melnick is forced to sell. That's new. We didn't realize Melnick's financial position was so bad that... So, someone as careful as Bob McKenzie is willing to say forced to sell. Mm-hmm. The second piece is obviously 
the new ownership group will keep the Senators in Ottawa. Okay. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I think the two potential ownership groups are from Quebec, correct? Yes. Okay. One of them was the Cirque du Soleil group. Okay. Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't the uh, Cirque du Soleil people have Celine Dion involved with them? I'm I read not a, sure. I read a piece of news saying that Celine Dion would either consider buying the team or would be involved in one of the ownership groups. Now, whether or not this is true or not, I don't see it being true, given that she's... I don't, I don't know if she's even a hockey fan, to be quite honest with you. Uh, hard to say. Um, yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Although... But you know what, Tim, sorry, go back to what I said about Melnick, but the fans also have complained that when fans have seen Melnick out in public, he doesn't even acknowledge them. Huh. Whether they're at games or even in the public. That's kind of weird. Yeah, and we also can't forget, I don't know if you saw the article the National Post posted in March of 2017 about Melnick's treatment of Sens front Austin team executives after sluggish ticket sales in 2016. And there's currently a lawsuit that was given to him by former VP of Marketing after oh, wow. he was forcefully terminated. Huh. Although to be fair, like that tick, like the 2016-2017 ticket drive was quite poor, and I think 2017-2018 uh, was also poor. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of that's probably exogenous due to the Phoenix Pay system issues, but which we've talked about. Yeah, I, yeah, like Eugene Melnick is a complicated character, and I think uh, instead of blindingly supporting and blindingly hated it hating the guy like the view has to be nuanced but i think it's time for him to go oh for sure if anything it would help us re-sign eric carlson oh for sure speaking of which tim yeah now eric carlson i don't know i'm sure you read this uh eric carlson stated that his remarks regarding his pending free agency negotiations were taken out of context carlson later clarified his comments with a swedish newspaper indicating his priority is to re-sign in Ottawa, stating that Ottawa is his home. Yeah, I felt like uh, too much was being... A bit to do was being made out of nothing there. Yeah, I think the reason why it was blown out of proportion is because when that story first came out, we were in the midst of that losing streak. Mm-hmm. And I've got a feeling that Sportsnet, given that they don't employ any real journalists... Uh, need to spin fanciful stories to get some clicks. Oh, for sure. Like, Nick Kiprio still has a job there, for fuck's sakes. That could be worse. I mean, he's no Jeff O'Neill. Jeff O'Neill is the biggest Leafs homer you've ever seen. Oof. But is he... How many Milburys of quality content is he? Uh, I don't know. I don't listen to the... I'm not sure which... TSN station he works for? I know he works on the radio with Jamie McLennan. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that hurt just a little bit, knowing that Jamie McLennan works on a Leaf show but covers the Sens? Yeah, that's something else. Yeah. Now, something right. that did come out, Tim. The Ottawa Senators released their list of players who will play in the alumni game at Parliament Hill on December 15th, the night that I arrive. So... Hopefully, I will be able to attend that. Mm-hmm. Now, be prepared for a blast from the past, Tim, because, whew, oh, Jesus, the number of players and the 
quality of players that we got here is astounding. Now we're going to start forwards, head to D, and then go to goaltending. And we'll start nice. off with Daniel Alfredson, Magnus Ardvidsson, Radek Bonk, Laurie Boschman, Randy Cunningworth, Alexander Degg. That actually kind of surprised me. Shane Donovan, Mike Fisher, Denny Hamel, Martin Havlat, Denny Lambert, Rob Murphy, Randy Robitaille, Brian Smolinski, Brad Smith, Sean Van Allen, Todd White. Now this is the one that really shocked me. Alexei Yashin. That's super cool, though. And Rob Zaminer. You know, I always forget Randy Robitaille played for the Sens. Me too. Personally, um, I'm just going to say it right now. Where the fuck's Marion Hosa? Isn't he still Isn't he still contracted with the, the Chicago Blackhawks? Black yes, Hawks? but he's not playing. Yeah, but I've got a feeling players that are still under contract, probably it would be probably pretty awkward for them to go. Actually, it's not, because if you recall in the 2003 outdoor game between Edmonton and Montreal, Marc Messier was still under contract by the Rangers. Fair. And he played in that. Okay. So let's go back to this list. For under defensemen, Brendan Bell, Philip Kuba, Jim Kite, Yanni Lukanen. I kind of like that guy. Curtis Lucidich, Norm McIver, Chris Phillips, Lance Pitlick, Wade Redden, Dennis Vallow, and Jason York. No Anton Volchenkov? That's what I said, too. I was like, what? Yeah, no Volchenkov? Bell? Yeah. That's he... a what the actual fuck one right there. Yeah, well, you know. What can you but do, right? Re- you got the important ones in Wade Redden and uh, Chris Phillips. Yeah, I think if he wasn't still playing, you could have gotten Chara for that, too, but... He's still playing. Yeah. All right. Now we're going to go to the goaltenders. Patrick Laleem, Pascal Leclerc, Damian Rhodes, and Ron Tugnut. Now, oh, I know Tugnut. I, I know. Ronnie Tugnut, baby. Now, the big one that I got to think of right here, Pascal Leclerc? Really? What, you well, couldn't get Ray Emery? Now, keep isn't in Ray mind, Emery still I playing know that... in Russia? No, Ray Emery is He's in North America now. Oh, right, but his back's all fucked up. That too, but you also got to factor in that he was in that domestic abuse charge last right. year. So maybe they don't want to be associated with that. Yeah, then Sugar Ray was, his departure from Ottawa was about as bad as Danny Heatley's. Yes. Now, there were some fans on Twitter who said, why would we not include Danny Heatley? It's pretty simple. That wound is still not closed. Well, I don't know. It's interesting. Like, Alexa Yashin... Well, I guess it's a different situation because Alexa Yashin, at least... Like, he was actually being fucked around. Yeah, so but I you also got to factor in, though, out. that he hasn't played a game for Ottawa since 2001. So, you have a whole new generation of Senators fans who were born and brought up long after Yashin even played for the Senators. Mm-hmm. Whereas Heatley... Heatley is still fresh enough that it's like, well, we're not going to have you. Remember, you didn't want to be here, and then when we had a deal in place for Edmonton, you nixed it? Yeah, and at least Yashin didn't nix the Islanders, the Mike Milbury madness. Yeah, and we got some quality out of that, man. Chara uh, and Spezza. Chara and Spezza. <laughs> Although, in retrospect, I'm... Well, I guess that Edmonton trade... The valuable thing out of that would have been the, the first-round pick because uh, Dustin Penner got fat. Uh, Cogliano was 
Uh, he's a serviceable third-line center. Yeah, but at the time, he was a pretty promising prospect. Yeah. And then Yadislav Smeed actually was still a very good defenseman. Mm-hmm. It's definitely better than McCulloch. Well, Milan McCulloch ended up being a fairly good winger. Yeah, but the other pieces that we got didn't fare any better here. Like Jonathan Chichu. And the second that became Andy Sutton. Oh, wow, I totally forgot about Andy Sutton. He actually played quite well. Yeah, he didn't play too bad. Remember One player when he that I was totally shocked they didn't murdered. put on the list. Pardon? One player, looking at this list... One player I'm shocked they didn't put him on there because he did score the first goal in franchise history is Neil Brady. Could they even find the guy? Tim, if they could find Alexei Yashin and some of these guys, yeah, I'm sure they could probably find Neil Brady. Well, Alexei Yashin played until 2011. So did Dag. Yeah, so they're a lot easier to find than Neil, Neil Brady probably retired 20 years ago. Uh, I'm not sure when he retired, to be honest with you. Yeah, he seems like a bit of a harder dude to find. Okay. But yeah, it was, I was shocked to see no Volchenkov or no Andre Mezaros either. Yeah, and you said, what, no Gonchar either? I can understand no Gonchar. Actually, no Kovalev is kind of weird, too. Mm. Although Kovalev was more of a hab than he was a senator. Well, actually, he was also more of a penguin... And a ranger, and a hab. So yeah, yeah. Well, Tim, I guess that wraps up top of the hour for this episode. And now it's time to talk about the three games we're going to talk about tonight. We got to talk about the Sens versus the Ducks, Sens versus the Kings, and the Sens versus the Sharks. They played the Sharks. That's news to me. <laughs> I know. Played is a very uh, colorful term for that. Yep. Very, very optimistic. Yeah, but before we do that, Tim, let's hit the music. Alright, time. Tim, it's time to take out your two front teeth. It's time to talk about some games, so we're going to start with the Ottawa Senators versus the Anaheim Ducks. This was a 3-0 Ducks victory. Ducks goals were scored by Adam Henrik with two goals and Andre Cashin. Shots were 29-22 for the Mighty Ducks. Bad game for Ottawa. Led in shots, but not in scoring chances. Uh, Henrik got on the board first after receiving a beauty behind the net pass from Corey Perry. Cashin scored to make it 2-0 on a beauty move that he beat Anderson with. And Adam Henrik buried the empty netter, which gave Ryan Miller the shutout. Yeah, I actually think this is a game that the Senators played quite... They played very well. Like, they were moving the puck well. They managed to get shots from pretty good locations overall. Right. Like, I think they were getting the better shots than Anaheim. Uh, Just Ryan Miller played a great game. Like, Eric Carlson was dominating the ice like we would expect him to. Like, him, Pajot, and Ryan Dezingle had over two-thirds of the shot, the shooting attempts when they were on the ice. Right. Which is pretty freaking nuts if you think about it. Even Cody Cece didn't look terrible. Now, keep in mind, Tim, Except I didn't exactly watch this game. So, I don't have much to say on the game, to be honest with you. There was one pretty bad play by Cody Cece. 
where uh, he got stripped of the puck by a guy who didn't have a stick. Oh, yeah, I saw that on Twitter. Yeah, that's pretty magical. Yeah. But, yeah, it was a game where I felt the Senators played very well, but uh, they just couldn't put the puck in the net, even though they had a few great chances, even on the power play. Okay. Yeah, and it's just moral victories don't really matter at this point in the season. No, Ottawa doesn't. needs points. So, Tim, should we go on to our next game? Yeah. Okay. Ottawa Senators versus the Los Angeles Kings. This was a 4-3 Kings overtime victory. Sens goals were scored by Matt Duchesne, Jean-Gabriel Peugeot, and Ryan Dezingle. Kings goals were scored by Tanner Pearson, Alex Ayafalo, who's currently my new favorite NHLer, <laughs> Dustin Brown, and Drew Doughty with the OT winner. Shots were 40-38 to for Ottawa. Overall, I felt this was a really entertaining game with a number of chances for both teams. Ottawa actually played a really good game and an extremely lively power play and clutch plays by Mike Condit and Ryan Dezingle, who tied it up with 9.2 seconds left. Now, keeping that in mind, because LA at times dominated this game, but Ottawa kept fighting to stay in it. However, they did come up short in the OT. Now we got to go to the Sands whipping boys, DNFNF and Johnny Oduya, because... God, these guys were bad. Like, yep. there was just times in this game where the lack of foot speed, it helped LA just cruise in on a breakaway, which resulted in Ayafalo scoring in the second period, which Oduya should have stopped him. Mm-hmm. Overall, I thought LA played a very structured game. They cycled the puck well in the offensive zone and make the quick... They were making the quick passes down the middle to a guy cherry-picking at center. Or as they call it in L.A., the Blake Griffin play. <laughs> as I said off the top, Senators' power play I thought looked really good. And Matt Duchesne got a second of the season on the power play. And Eric Carlson finally got a goddamn point. Yes, he did. The one negative, though, outside of Oduya and Dion Phaneuf was Thomas Shabbat. Now, Shabbat didn't really look his best. He did make a few good plays, but overall, he just looked really intimidated by the big-bodied... L.A. Kings. Well, that's a shame. But I think that's something that a lot of new players will go through. Oh, for sure. And especially when you're playing a team like L.A. whose average weight, I think, is like 205. Oh, Jesus. Like, they're, they're a big team, man. Like, they're not a small team at all. They're, it's not playing in Montreal. Oh, for sure. One thing that I did notice on the, like, uh, Twitter talking about was uh, a blown call in overtime. Uh, the, can you comment on that? In the L.A. game? Yeah. Uh, I can't really. I can't remember the... I do recall this. I don't recall what happened, but... So, yeah, I don't really have anything to say on that. All right. Yeah. Um, one final note, though. I am a fan of Dezingle Duchesne Carlson in Otay. Mm-hmm. Honestly, yeah. Uh... Through the whole season, I think uh, Ryan Dezingle has been one of the best players, uh, just throughout, throughout the throughout the season, and uh, I think he's a legitimate a legitimate top six player at this point in time. Oh, for sure. So let's go into our third and final game. Now, I didn't get a chance to watch this game. I was actually out watching Jim Jeffries and Tommy Campbell at the Save on Foods Memorial Center last night. Nice. Yeah, it was a pretty funny show. You know, it's not funny too. 
Uh, the Ottawa Senators yeah. lost to the the San Jose Sharks 5 nothing in a game that was, quite honestly, reminiscent of their game last Sunday against the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah. Shots, Sharks goals were scored by Logan Couture, Mark Edward Vlasic, William Carlson, who I didn't know, actually, they referred to him as the Milkman, Joe Pavelski, <laughs> and Thomas Hurdle. Shots were, oh, Jesus, 50-25 to 25 for the Sharks. Yeah, this game was really something else. Uh, one thing you could really notice is just, like, no one was playing tonight with the exception of maybe Ryan Dezingle and Zach Smith. Actually, my, Matt Duchesne looked all right at times, but everyone else was off. Now, something that I wanted to mention right here, I know everybody on Twitter has been getting on Guy Boucher, and... I am somebody who I withhold my criticism of Guy Boucher until the California road trip ended. The thing is, we only got one point out of this road trip. So what do the Sens do now? Like, do they, I don't think they're going to fire Boucher, but they seriously need to have a closed door meeting with everybody. This is the thing about the game is just like the players are clearly frustrated. Like Ryan Dezingle just gorillas a guy at one point. Like, it's usual net side stuff. The puck's actually going the other way down the ice, and all of a sudden, Dezingle just flips it, just gets super pissed and just starts rabbit punching a guy. Oh, yeah? Yeah, like, and that's the highest energy play of the game. Wow, that's like, crazy. Quite frankly, the Sens had no real chances. The Oduya CC line is just terrible. Yeah, I don't know why Gibushi keeps playing Oduya 20 minutes a night. Like, can't do it. No, the fact that he's scratching Freddie Clayson for this guy is so but here's the that thing. since Twitter is just... Freddie Clayson hasn't played well either. No, like, but the thing is, unlike Oduya, he at least has the foot speed to sort of make up for some of the plays that he could have stopped. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of times where, like, a we- like the first goal is pretty... Like, it, it was Carlson and uh, Fanuf on the... Sorry, Carlson and CeCe on the ice with uh, Zach Smith, and this is, it's a weird bounce, but you can see Carlson's foot starts to give him shit, so he, Carlson is, tells Zach Smith and uh, CC to go with the play, Zach Smith gets spun around, all of a sudden, one nothing Sharks, on a, a play that, that uh, Anderson has no chance on. Uh, you also see it during the power plays, where three sends line up to block a shot, but all they do is screen the goalie. Yeah, that's been a bit of a problem this season with the Senators. Yeah, and then it's just, I really have no idea what the heck is going on with this team. No, I honestly think that the team, when they arrive in Ottawa, you get the whole team, the coaching staff, you lock them in a room with the GM, and you finally sit down and you air everything out in the room. Because you never know, right? There could be problems in the locker room that people don't know about that could be might be a bit of a problem with the losing streak that we were just on yeah well i know the losing streak was snack snapped in new york but just it's a streak of terrible play we're talking about four points in 13 games now yeah and i know in the coming weeks like we're playing some pretty tough teams that we generally don't beat Mm mm-hmm like at this point, I think it's safe to say that the season is pretty close to... Like, if the Senators were in literally any other division, the season would be over. 
Yeah, and considering that our, our division, really the two top teams right now is Tampa and Toronto, and everybody else is just like, oh, Bad. Well, yeah, we're, they're just sort of floundering. Yeah, like Boston's in a playoff spot, <laughs> even though they've come off a recently came off a fairly sizable losing streak themselves. Mm-hmm. Montreal's in striking distance after o- opening the season the way they did. That's true. Like, it, yeah, it's just it's unbelievable. Just yeah. how bad the Atlantic is this year. Oh, it's brutal. But you Yet know what, some... Tim? I am not like Sense Twitter. I remain optimistic. I don't know. It's like that's the only slice of optimism. But what's interesting, though, is uh, a lot of people are looking at it, and I think like <sighs> there is a lot of blame to go around right now. Oh, for sure. Like the players aren't playing. The coach is not is putting out nowhere near optimal line formations, and is playing plugs like Gabriel Dumont and Burroughs and Burroughs and Oduya. At least Burroughs was limited to seven minutes. But again, if you have forwards that aren't playing at least ten minutes, that's putting a lot of stress on the rest of the system. You, uh, like a lot sorry, of people are throwing shade at Matt Duchesne, has... and Duchesne's been playing well all of these games. It's not his fault. No. Like, the Senators are actually getting... They're playing better with Duchesne on the ice than they were with Turris. I gotta ask him, do you buy the notion that the system is broken and the team just isn't buying into it? Well, the system's broken because they're not playing it. Like, they're not really setting up in the neutral zone so teams can just blow by them. The lot, Like, the only game I think we really saw the system in was uh, the game against the, the LA Kings. And the Sens actually had a pretty good outcome there. Mm-hmm. Like, the system was nowhere to be seen in San Jose. But I think there's, like, like there's been some problems. Like, Pierre Dorian is not exempt from this either. Like, there's been subtraction by addition in some of his trades. Like, the Burroughs trade probably made the Sens worse. Yeah, I didn't even know when he first came over, it didn't appear to be that way initially. But... I was always thinking long-term with that deal. Mm-hmm. But you also got to look at the Mark Mathot deal too, right? Well, losing Mark Mathot for nothing, yeah. Yeah. And for what? To protect Cody Cece? Yeah, it's... Like, they probably could have gotten the King's Ransom for Cody Cece. Yeah, and... Like, for a guy who's been demoted to third-line minutes... Sorry, well, he's not even demoted to third-line minutes. He's playing, like, 20 minutes a game. Like, it's madness. Like, here's a guy who's, by some metrics, the worst defenseman, like, the wor- one of the worst defensemen in the NHL playing more than, like, playing second-line minutes, him and Dion Phaneuf. Yet we keep feeding this guy more minutes. Like, I feel bad for Cody Cece because it's, like, he's just in over his head. Like, this reminds me a lot of, the, of uh, Justin Schultz in Edmonton. Like, Justin Schultz couldn't play first line minutes but had to because Edmonton had no one else yet he looked he actually looked looks quite good in a sec like a second third line role in Pittsburgh because that's what he can handle well Tim I have only one note left and that was the Bobby Ryan no goal yeah that was some shit like yeah. I how did that, that not count game. like answer Pardon? me that how did that not count 
nobody knows. Because even Bobby Ryan on the bench, you could see him just shaking his head like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, that didn't count? And they spent five minutes reviewing the fucker? And here's the thing. Video review cannot fundamentally solve bad judgment. And NHL officials, for years, have been known to have terrible judgment. So, like, you gotta find a way to take this away, take this power out of the refs because they can't be trusted with it. Like, I understand being in it, being an NHL ref, it's it's a legitimately hard job, but they constantly screw up easy things like this. Hell, last week we were talking about the refs taking the wrong player for a penalty. Mm-hmm. And I guess the one, like, going back to what's wrong in the dressing room is a lot of people are saying, like, even if you far, fire Pierre Dorian. Randy Lee's going to be coming up next, and Belleville's just as big of a mess as uh, as uh, Ottawa is, and that's that's frightening. For and sure. I don't think we can get a situation where they just do a full purge of everything, like uh, they did they did in Edmonton, or uh, actually, like a full purge is just hard because you would need the owner to just come in and swing hammer. Yeah, and I know the team has asked ten players for their list of teams they would accept a trade to isn't that a formality though yeah i honestly i don't make much of it to be perfectly honest because i'm looking at it and i'm like okay let's see carlson hoffman well yeah that's not gonna happen well it's like at the same time how the hell does ottawa have 10 players with some form of no trade i know pan from the sense call-ups tweeted that and somebody responded they go well Gabe Boucher likes his no-trade clauses. Yeah, and the no-trade clause allegedly can bring the cost of a player down. Yeah, holy. I know. Like, uh, if the Sens keep playing like this, we might have to change our name from Third Line Plugs to Point Per Week Podcast. No, Third Line Plugs still stands. <laughs> well, Tim, I guess that wraps up all the games we're going to talk about, eh, man? Yeah, no kidding. All right, well, now before we go into our close, uh, as everybody knows, I am going to be going to Ottawa at the end of this week. So, Tim, are there some spots in Ottawa you would recommend your likely best friend and podcast co-host, Taylor Gibson, to go to? <laughs> uh, Food-wise, I think I already said Burgers and Fries Forever. They actually have a location in the market now as well as uh, in Centreville. Okay. Uh, probably one of my favorite burger pl- – probably my favorite burger place in the city – uh, that El Camino place in the market I was talking about, uh, the Senate uh, or Clock Tower, uh, they're pubs with pretty good food. Uh, the Senate still has a turducken sandwich, if I remember. I if tried I recall correctly. It's d- delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, the Sens house, although I don't think you'll be there, I don't think you'll need to go there to watch a Sens game. No. Yeah, other than, yeah there's just a lot of different places. Uh I guess if you're wanting to kill some time before or after the Sens game, uh, the War Museum's super cool. I like the Mint. Sorry, the Royal Canadian Mint. Um, the Museum of National History on the Gatineau side is super cool, too. Nice. Yeah, like, they have this huge, like, two-hour exhibit of just uh, Canada from uh, Confederation all the way through to the modern day. Okay. And they actually have... Uh, there's a section that is a recreation of the Vancouver airport from about 1970. And it was kind of cool because uh, 
it's amazing how much the Air- Vancouver airport has changed from from like 1970 to now. Like, oh, sure. uh, it had like this. It was definitely like it had like this really silly 1960s style. But now uh, anyone who's flown through Vancouver knows it's got like this very modern gray style instead of like a kind of an orange tile look. Yeah, honestly, I haven't been to YVR since 2010, so I can't comment. Yeah, it ha- YVR hasn't changed much since then. Okay. Although it's got Carl's Juniors now. I never tried Carl's Juniors. Any good? Apparently, it's good. Okay. Well, as far as fast food goes, right? Yeah, fair enough. Oh, and I guess uh, for breakfast brunch, the Scone Witch is pretty good. Where is this? Uh, it's uh, it's on Elgin, maybe a few blocks north of your hotel. Okay. They make really good like uh, scones and sandwiches. Awesome. Yeah, it's also in the National Arts Foundation building. So uh, you get to see some weird art while you walk in the door. Nice. So just as everybody knows, I will be flying into Ottawa on Friday. And I think that is correct. I think that is the day of the alumni game. So hopefully uh-huh. I will get to my hotel, drop my shit off, walk up to Parliament Hill for the game. And because a one Mr. Radic Bonk is going to be there, I'm going to bring a Sharpie with me with my jersey. No, hopefully, hopefully he signs it, dude. That'd be cool. So let's quickly talk about the poll I threw up on Twitter because, no, I mentioned this. I says, say if Radic Bonk were to sign my jersey, whose name would I get it replaced with? And I put up four suggestions. I put up Mike Hoffman, Eric Carlson, JGP slash Mark Stone, or the Polish Prince, Peter Sidorkowitz. Whoa. And what'd you get? Well... Let's go on to Twitter and have a look, Tim. On Twitter.com? The Twitters, yes. So, the poll right here currently, and it is 6.31 Pacific Standard Time on December 11th? December 10th. Mm -hmm. Currently, there are seven votes. Peter Sidorkowitz is winning by 57%. JGP and Mark Stone at 43%. God damn. Getting memed pretty hard there. I know. Which, by the way, why no Peter Sidorkowitz at the alumni game? Your guess is as good as mine. Fair enough. Maybe Danny Heatley is his best friend. Well, they're both fucking all-stars. Yeah. 1507. <laughs> 1506. <laughs> so, outside of the alumni game, I will be also going to the December 16th game. And I know Tim's very jealous of that. And believe me, a lot of people I know are quite jealous of me. Although it sounds like uh, my friends at Team HC who are Habs fans are probably a bit more jealous. Because chances, the way the Sens are playing, they'll win. And also, let's not forget that on December 17th, the Ottawa 67s are playing the Gatineau Olympian at TD Place. So I also got tickets for that. Oh, that'll be a good game. Oh, it should be. Because that's a, that's a cross-river rivalry. Super cool. Yeah. Well, Tim, I guess it's time to head into the close, eh, bud? Yep. Let's get these games in the rearview mirror. Yep. Now, before we do that, Tim, uh, we just got to make a mention. The coming games for this week, we got Tuesday at Buffalo, Wednesday against the Rangers, and the outdoor game on Saturday versus the Montreal Canadiens. Whoa, there's one thing we got to mention about that Rangers game, though. What's that? Uh, since it's the NHL centennial season, 
they will be doing 100 cent hot dogs and 100 cent pop. So, a dollar. Hey, don't ruin the magic. They're good hot dogs. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening to the Third Line Plug Sensecast. I hope you enjoyed it because, believe me, Tim and I love recording them for you. We, we are on iTunes. Please listen, rate, and subscribe. You can find us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash Sensecast. Because our bod Dave made the mention, we are also on Google Play Music. You can also find us on Twitter, at ThirdLinePlug is our show's Twitter. Tim is at M901HoneyBadger. I am Great White Gipster, G-R-8-W-I-T-E, Gipster. And also, please vote on my poll I put up on my Twitter. <laughs> you can email us, ThirdLinePlugSenseCast at gmail.com. Oh, there's one thing cool I forgot to mention. What's that? Um, during the San Jose game, two really funny things. One cool, funny thing and one cool thing happened. So, Sportsnet ran this fucking magical graphic as their attempt at analytics. They had a picture of Carey Price, Mark Shifley, uh, Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews, and the caption was six. And it was headlined Days on Earth. And it had like how, how old all of them were, and then they added them together as if they meant something. And, of course, Twitter picked this thing apart because it's patently retarded. Oh, for sure. However, on the flip side, during the NBC broadcast of the Sharks-Senators game, uh, the Sharks were using graphics from HockeyViz to track... uh, Really? Yeah, they were using it to show uh, where the shots were coming from for both the Sharks and the Senators. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so, like, that was super cool. Sportsnet in their con- their continued to be completely incompetent at broadcasting hockey made something completely retarded but flashy while NBC used something outside it may not have looked the best because uh, the graphics ended up getting stretched out but uh, it was competent and it was a, a it showed some understanding of analytics so uh, props to uh, NBC. I give it to you, NBC. You may have screwed over Conan, but you're doing good at hockey. Mm-hmm. Well, Tim, until next week, bud, I am your host, Taylor Gibson. This is Tim Jensey. Go Sens, guys. Please. Please win. <laughs>